Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Steam Forward Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Savannah, and today our guest is Pastor Rich Wilkerson. And as you know, one of our sponsors is Trinity Church, and he is the lead pastor of Trinity. And so he's here today just to share his life experience as well as his impact on the youth. It's going to be such a dynamic conversation. So please help me welcome Pastor Rich. Hello, Pastor Rich. Oh, wow. This is a great honor for me to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I, I watch you often, not every time, <laughs> right, time right. but it's a lot of often episodes. and uh Boy, you do really good. Thank yeah, you. So I appreciate yeah. that. Well, Pastor Rich, give us some background of you and where you grew up, because I know you didn't grow up in Miami, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, uh, actually, I was born uh, in 1952 <laughs> in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, wow. And um, at the age of three, my father was a minister. Mm -hmm. At the age of three, my father was only 25, but he got the call mm -hmm. to move to Nassau. Bahamas to pastor a church known as the Evangelistic Temple. And about eight years ago, they built a brand new $30 million building in Nassau. It's just an incredible church. But that was the pastor of that church for four years. And so, you know, when you're three and you move somewhere, that's where you kind of wake up. I don't Absolutely. remember anything mm -hmm. pre three. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just like the psychological way. Exactly. Word. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so my whole world was black. Uh, <laughs> I saw the ocean. I went to the ocean every day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would go uh, spear fishing as a little boy, four years old, with my dad. I would stay in the little. We had like a little, uh, little, little the, the church owned a little like ten foot with a three horse Evan route, and and we'd go out and yeah. and dad would, you know, jump in the water, mm -hmm. put a mask on, go down with a spear gun which was homemade yeah. and i'd just sit in the boat and eat flip fish in there mm -hmm. and lobster in there and that's how fun we, experience. oh that's how we yeah. would eat so yeah. we thought everybody knew i thought everybody yeah. in the world that's what they're doing everywhere mm -hmm. and and then, and then <laughs> at the age of seven i moved home to west palm beach yeah to live with my grandmother for a year mm -hmm. it's six years old to live with my grandmother for a year because i started school here mm -hmm. And uh, I learned very quickly mm -hmm. that the world had changed from black to white, which I felt out of place yeah. here, not there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going, all these white people, it's freaking me out. <laughs> so then uh, nobody went fishing yeah. in the deep sea, and, and you sat in the boat and waited for your dad. It was just, it was a great, you know, yeah. So at the age of 12, then I went to uh, elementary and two weeks of junior high. Okay. In West Palm Beach, and my father and mother were transferred to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to wow. be a pastor of a large church, mm -hmm. and that was like, wow. Mm -hmm. So I wake up in the north, and down here in the south, it was very split still. Mm -hmm. uh, but I went to a school um, that was, I mean, it was split 50-50, black and white. Yeah. And so it was so, it's so weird because... I mean, I was in seventh grade, and I just went to the black side, and they kept yeah. trying to kick me out. They go, what do you do? What? Especially you know? in Florida. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but this is in Wisconsin, and I go, well, uh, so then they didn't get it, and so I didn't get it. So then I started having 
white friends and then black friends. And finally, we figured it out. Right, right, right. And we and and in sports and stuff, it was you know it's kind of a weird thing how that all happened to me. Yeah. And then uh, at age seventeen or eighteen, I graduated. I went to Africa on this missions trip, and stayed for two months, kind um, of in the bush. Wow. Um, it was just a very different experience. And I felt that I was supposed to be a minister then. Wow, yeah. And um, came back, went to North Central University, which was called Bible College then mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This was in 1970, 71, mm-hmm. and 72. I, I left in uh, the, yeah, this, the I left in, in the... Uh, Fall of 72, got married in 73. But um, North Central University, and that was 50-something years ago. Yeah. But at the end of my life, here I am, I became the yeah. chancellor yeah. of that university yeah. in Minneapolis. I'm living in Florida. Yeah. And that's where we held the George Floyd yeah. funeral. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Robin, my wife, her picture was on every major newspaper in the world because yeah. it was carried seen in and me see her on she was the host yeah. uh we were co-chancellors she was the host of the event mm-hmm. al sharpton had asked her to be that so yeah i mean that's just a short version but uh, i was an evangelist uh, from 1979 until 1998 and right. traveled the world mm-hmm. but in america um i was always with youth, yeah, and I did um, a, over seventeen hundred public high school. Yeah, they called them public high school assemblies back then, mm-hmm. and uh, none of the teachers, nobody wanted me there. Mm-hmm. And I'd walk on the stage, it'd be a thousand students, you know, and I'd be hearing, you know, F U U S O B, you know, right. they didn't even know me, they didn't know who I was, you know. <laughs> but uh, I'd have an, about thirty seconds, I'd have them, and. Uh, standing ovation at the end. It was just a presentation on love, you know, and it was just, so I did that for 18 years. I mean, just, you know, thousands of kids came to our evening rallies and accepted Christ. And my my thing has always been to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm I'm a freak. And I'll (laughs) never, (laughs) I just can't change. I'm so into Jesus. So, um, and that's, you know, Savannah, that's where the decisions mm-hmm. for Christ are being made. Yeah. I have a question. So how you said that you were in 1,700 high schools. I think for me, a pastor going to a high school now is not even a reality. Or well, even you being able to have a rally at a high school. Yeah, it was much more yeah. intense back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they hadn't heard of it. Yeah. And... Um, I had the privilege of being a part of uh, several guys that we all kind of came up together. And yeah. then um, there's people that are doing it now that you just don't know about. Yeah. I mean, probably. there's a guy named Reggie Dabs mm-hmm. that they pay him thousands to come in and speak. He's amazing. He's beyond belief. And he's mm-hmm. just a gospel preacher. Now, we don't bring the gospel. Right. You know, we, we're speaking gospel. No one knows. We never mention the name of Jesus. Right. And we don't give them our source. Mm-hmm the Bible. So my presentation always centered around real love, yeah. Greek forms of love, storge, mm-hmm. you know, eros, uh, phileo, and then agape. I mean, 
we would have them laughing out of control, <laughs> yeah. and then they, at the end they'd be weeping, you know, standing ovation. So, so, and then the teachers would throw out, "Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Wilkerson," and they were mm-hmm. they were cursing me at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, challenges are what life is all about. Absolutely. Purpose is everything. Mm-hmm. That was my purpose. That is my purpose. Mm-hmm. So you go with your purpose, and with the purpose always comes a challenge. Absolutely. And uh, I live a, a very definitive life that there's uh, a line down the center of, of good and bad. Mm-hmm. I understand there's some gray areas, mm-hmm. but the Lord will help you through the gray areas if your heart is completely sold out to Him. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we're able to kind of navigate through all those church state yeah. things. And we've done that as an organization, Peacemakers Absolutely. Family Center here mm-hmm. at Trinity Church. I mean, uh, soon to be Dr. Linda Freeman, Absolutely. who has been yeah. our associate, she and her husband came with us. A year after Robin and I got here, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Linda and Pastor Dave came from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And my wife wrote the first grant um, to do day camps. And the first day camp was on the old property. And we just had black asphalt. You know, it was just, it was, yeah. just, it was yes, excuse my fridge, it was hell. Yeah. I mean, it was just 500 kids. Mm-hmm. On the, they would run into the sanctuary, into the youth center to try to get out of the sun. We were just trying to figure it out. But, yeah. but we met all of the uh, expectations mm-hmm. of the grant. And uh, Robin looked at, at Lynn and said, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Tag you're it. Yeah. And Pastor Linda, because uh, Robin had so many other things oh, yeah, absolutely. To, 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 in running the church. And w- what was a burden to Robin became this. Love. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Pastor Linda, it was like, it was like a, 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 a rose petal that just began to unfurl. It's, you know what I'm saying? And then she just blossomed. Yeah. And she started going after it. She's, she's won uh, in 20 years uh 22 years. I think she's won close to $90 million, somewhere in there, yes, in government yeah. funding. Uh, we've never missed a beat. We've never crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been a Christian endeavor without Christian promotion. We just promote the good news mm-hmm. without our source. Mm-hmm. And, and the government said yes. The church has applauded. I mean, so it's been a real... And and just let me say one more thing about Savannah. Yeah. Let me tell you the bad thing about the government and the good thing about the church. Right. For the government, it's a job. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. For the church, it's a passion. Yeah. So when poor people, broken people come in the door mm-hmm. at the welfare office... They're just a client. Yeah. Right? Uh, sit your blank yeah. blank over there and we'll call you when we need that, you know, kind of stuff. But in in our environment, it's more, hey, we're so glad you're here. Yeah. You know, how can we serve you? It's just a different yeah. deal. Yeah. The government doesn't mean to be bad. They're just employed. It's a job. Yeah. It's, yeah. With us, it's it's a calling. It, it, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. And my question that I was thinking is, how did you go from a traveling evangelical, right, 
or, or evangelist is the yeah, word, yeah, yeah. to a lead pastor of a church for about, it's 25 years now? Yeah. Yeah. So the worst happening in our life became the best happening in life. That was our third son, Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the age of six months, had spinal meningitis. Yeah. Started with an ear infection and on the way to the hospital died. Uh, when she got to the hospital, she, she laid a dead baby in their arms, and they, instead of just said, we're, they went in to resuscitate him. Mm-hmm. He was dead for about 12 to 15 minutes. And um, he resuscitated, mm-hmm. code blue. I mean, it was crazy. I wasn't even in town, I was on the road. I was actually in Daytona Beach, Florida, speaking this big conference. And Robin's in Tacoma, Washington, and she calls me, and she says, she's weeping, you know, she goes, so I got an uh, all-nighter from Orlando uh, back home, and I got to the hospital, and he was you know, covered in, you know, ventilators and mm-hmm. a little six-month-old guy. And the doctor came in that night. I'd been with him all day, you know, mm-hmm. praying, praying, praying. The doctor came. She's a real nice woman. And she said, uh, Reverend, uh, this is 36 years ago, you know. She said, uh, Reverend, uh, I know you're a praying man. Mm-hmm. If it was my son, I would, knowing what I know, yeah. I-, I would pray that he died. Um, he will be, if he recovers, he'll be deaf blind. Um, he'll be so uh, emaciated mentally, he'll be a vegetable, laying in a crib, drooling at the age of 40. And I just remember saying to her, I said, you know, I don't, I don't have any death prayers. Yeah. Ever. I just don't, you know, I mean, I pray at funerals because I do funerals, but I don't have death prayers. Yeah. We'll just pray that he lives and we'll take the consequences. Yeah. That's what I said to her. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Graham. I mean, he's, <laughs> yes. He's yes. going to be 37 in a couple of weeks. And uh, awesome. he uh, is dangerous with a computer severely dangerous behind a wheel so he doesn't drive he has a driver's license he'll never drive one of my cars yeah but uh yeah he's he's pretty functional he's awesome yeah um and so what was the worst thing became the best son best thing for his brothers because his brothers are all pastors today of great churches and they all are are winning i believe because they love the underdog. Yeah. Grant was is the underdog in any arena. <laughs> yeah. Because of his deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So they were always fighting for him. I love that. All right? Mm-hmm. So when they walk into a room, they look for Graham in the room. Mm-hmm. And if their brother's not there, they look for someone who feels like their brother. Yeah. And uh, so that has made them win. Their churches are all intensely mixed churches, Very diverse good. churches, like ours is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I mean, at that stage, mm-hmm. Savannah, in our life, Graham was 11 years old, and he was like, I was on the road, mm-hmm. and Robin called me, and she'd be crying, but she is a rock. You never see her call, cry. She would have, had been like at a um, Safeway that day. Wait, I see Publix here. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he would have like taken a whole row of you know, glass bottled ketchup bottles out 
under the you know smashing and, and ketchup glass he's rolling on the floor screaming mm-hmm. well he was just going through these mental mm-hmm. freakouts and uh she said rich i'm convinced if we don't make a change she said he's going to have to she's cps is going to think i'm a bad mother they're going to yeah. pick him up mm-hmm. people are going to report us mm-hmm. and nobody was a better mother than my mother my wife and and I knew I had to get off the road. So here I'm at this apex of what I was doing. I mean, uh, thousands of invitations, employees, tons of money on television twice weekly, worldwide. And and so the guys here in Miami, it was kind of a broken little church. We didn't take a salary here for five years. Yeah. And um, they called us. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that called us. Yeah. And so we said, well, that must be God. So we moved from Tacoma, Seattle area, great Northwest, Mm -hmm. way down to the tip of America, Southeast, Miami. And uh, the rest is history. I mean, what what appeared to be the worst thing, Graham has pulled me out of my great calling to Miami became the best thing. That's awesome. And I guess for my final question for you is, because we have youth that watch this and maybe even young adults is how would one know that the call, because you've been a lead pastor for a while now, how would they know that that's a call for their life? And if that is their call, what is the best advice that you could give them? You know, Savannah, I would, that's a hard question. Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, you know, for me, it was always prayer. Yeah. Um, it was always prayer, scripture. The scripture is God's written word mm-hmm. through men. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then we have um, the Greek. Um, the New Testament was, was originally formed in the Greek, mm-hmm. right? So the New Testament, uh, Old Testament, of course, Hebrew, right. New Testament. So the Greek Septuagint. So we get our English, but the Greeks had two words for the voice of God. Mm-hmm. One was the Logos voice of God, and that was the written right. word of God. right? And, of course, in the New Testament, there was no Bible like we have, but there was the Old Testament scrolls. Mm-hmm. That was the Logos mm-hmm. word of God through prophets. And then, um, in the, the, then, then they had a second Greek word, rhema, mm-hmm. R-H-E-M-A, and that was the the actual voice of God to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, and so there have been times where I I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, but what would I do? I would run to the Bible. Yeah. To see if there was anything there that would confirm mm-hmm. his his rhema word to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where I've leaned on the Bible so much through my life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I would verify the call of God. Yeah. I think that men and women mm-hmm. have big impacts on young people's lives. Absolutely. Um, 98% of all the Christians in all the world mm-hmm. 
accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior before the age of 30. So that's where the decisions are being made, zero to 30. Yeah. Why do you think there's such a war mm. in that age group right now? There's a war. I mean, genital mutilation right now? And, well, let's talk to children about that. Yeah. Let's find education for that. Not like, hey! You know, I mean, but it's just everything's being flipped. Well, that's because there's a war. Yeah. Of course, because I'm such a radical nut for Jesus, <laughs> I believe it's a war between heaven and hell. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. That's where the decisions are. Yeah. Right? So, people like me yeah. and people like you, Savannah, mm -hmm. who are people of faith, yeah. young people meet people like you. You're one of our three youth leaders here at Trinity Church. Yeah. I mean, I watch young ladies look at you and they they, they, they want to be Savannah. Yeah. What does that mean? Right. Well, that they're being called of God yeah. into some kind of mission. I, I say every Christian has a mission. Yeah. I don't absolutely. have to stand behind a pulpit like mm -hmm. I do. Okay. I, I want missionaries in the legal field, the medicine field, mm -hmm. the you know the the computer field. I mean, we we all have a mission. Yeah. Every every believer a leader, a called one. So you and I have great impact. But once you influence a young man or woman, once I influence a young man, so they go, I'm called. I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Then we must instruct them to pray. Yeah. It's, this is not about hipness. No. All right? It's not cool at all, actually. It's, yeah. <laughs> this is not, oh, she's really cool. No. It's bigger. Mm -hmm. All right? Uh, but but some of the most uncool people I've ever met in my life, I would drop on my knees and follow them in a New York second because they're yep. that person, right? Yes. Okay. So that's where prayer and scripture is so important. That's what yeah. I'd say to any young person watching this. If you feel any kind of a call, like the call that you get each week on Steam, these telecasts, these broadcasts, these podcasts, you're feeling like called to get involved, you know, in June 2050. Well, make sure it's that, that the Lord's calling you and we're not calling you. Yeah. And if you'll do that, then we can really impact your life. But if we're the ones that are being God for you, we're going to fail you. That's, so That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of so good for you. Yeah. Well, Pastor H., um, it's been such an honor to be a part of your church. I, you've been my lead pastor now for about six years. And so just thank you for all your impact in my own personal life. And um, we like to end our podcast with a word of the day. So if you could just kind of wrap up maybe like your life's work in ministry in one word, what would that one word be? Wow. And why is that? Whenever people ask me about leadership, mm -hmm. to me, leadership is love. Yeah. You can't lead people who aren't following you. That's very good. And I think that the greatest followers to you or to me will be attracted by our love. Yeah. If we really love them, they will feel that attractional pull. Yeah. At that point, whatever we're selling mm -hmm. or marketing or promoting, mm -hmm. they'll buy into. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
But if there isn't a foundation of love in us that cares about they're not going to follow any kind of leadership that we're offering. So to me that, I know it's a, it's an often used word, but it can become a trite word if we don't understand the importance of the word of love. Yeah, Yeah. that's very good. Yeah, John, I think John Maxwell once said that sometimes when people don't feel loved, they feel just used and abused. That's the greatest leadership thing I ever heard as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Rich for your time love you thank you thank you as always there are two sponsors that we love to thank and that's the children's trust and trinity church and don't forget that there are three ways in which you can watch or listen to our podcast if you like to watch just follow us on youtube if you like to listen follow us on apple or spotify remember this is the steam forward podcast see you next week Mm